0: When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, health care, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement and financial future. Good news. You found the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. Grant is the founder of Doorhout Retirement Services, and he's been guiding people financially and into retirement for nearly 20 years. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Blueprint. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Doorhout and Jeff Shea.
1: Good morning and welcome to The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doerhout, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're gonna be talking about 401Ks versus IRAs, which is best for you and why? Also, what happens if you really do run out of money in retirement? Five things that could interrupt the stock market rally in 2024, and finally a refresher on income generation strategies. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom, solid advice come from Grant Dorhout, founder and wealth advisor of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. Good morning, Grant. How are you doing today?
2: I am doing wonderful. This is one of my favorite times of the year. I know I say that a lot, but today we get playoff <laughs> football starting at 3:30. Wow. Uh, this is going to be a fun day. We've got a couple good games this afternoon and tomorrow, of course. But exciting time of year with those sports. And uh, and not only that, college basketball starts heating up a little bit more in the anticipation for March Madness starts in my house, at least. But yeah, uh, excited to be here. (laughs) These topics, I'm really excited for what we got for the people today.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff for people to be concerned with on today's show. We're going to be answering a lot of questions. And by the way, if you have a question that you'd like to ask us and you want it answered on the air, simply send it to us by going to doorhoutretirementservices.com. The contact page there. Send it in from there and we'll answer it on the air for you. We also may send you out one of Grant's books. Now, Grant, what is the book that we've got to send out?
2: Yeah, we're sending out Modern Retirement Strategies. We've been sending that out for a bit. If people call in, we'll send it out to them free of charge. We wrote that several years ago. I think we're going to do another one here in 2024. That's the goal. I'm not sure that we're going to get that done yet because we've got a lot of other things on the docket. But yeah, we'll definitely send that out. We got a portion of that book. It's very valuable information, and there are a lot of different topics. And actually, if you look at some of the topics that I talk about in that book, it was written in 2020, kind of in the middle of the craziness of that presidential election election year. And some of that is going to be very applicable to what we really need to be thinking about today in 2024, leading up to this presidential election as well.
1: And if you thought 2020 was crazy, Grant, I mean, hold on to your seats. 2024 should be pretty interesting, too, at least it's shaping up to be that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so, too, from the political environment that we're in and just the the division that we have in our country. Oh, yeah. I hope we can keep it together better this year than we did in 2020. That's, that's really what I'm hoping for, that we can see past some of these differences that seem to be put in front of our faces way too often, Yeah, uh, that, that just riles us up and then we can't see the, the benefits of other people, even if we have, uh, have differences of opinion. I, w- I want to be able to see both sides and it's healthy to have contrast. It's healthy yeah. to have democratic views and Republican views and, and see the value in both of them, rather than seeing that they're the enemy. We're not the enemy. We're all Americans. And I I hope we can see that this year better than we did in 2020. That's really what I'm hoping for in this presidential election year. Yeah, it
1: is unfortunate that there is such a divide. Personally, I just want what is best for the country. And I don't care Mm -hmm. if it's a Republican view or a Democratic view or an independent view or a combination of all of those. I just want what's best for the United States and moving forward. But nevertheless, it is going to be a contentious election year. And of course, we'll be talking about that later on in the program and how that affects your finances. But once again, if you've got a question for us that you'd like us to answer on the air. You can get it to us by going to doorhoutretirementservices.com and of course, we'll send you out modern retirement strategies. You can also call it in to lovely Lisa, 402-281-0750. Once again, that's 402-281-0750. If you've got a comment about this show, if you've got a topic you want us to talk about, again, go to doorhoutretirementservices.com or call it into 402-281-0750. We would really love to hear from you. Okay, Grant, let's get started here with uh, Uh, What I billboarded that we were going to be talking about. The first one is 401k versus IRA. Which is best for you and why? So, first off, what is the major difference between the 401k and the IRA?
2: Yeah, so the basic difference is 401k, that's gonna be an employer-sponsored plan that you're gonna get where you work. And and typically, I like people to go into their 401k. It is good for them to invest in their 401k. It gets taken out of their wages before they even see the money. It's a lot easier for people to actually invest in 401ks just because it's a out-of-sight, out-of-mind type of thing. And I encourage people to go into their 401k if their employer is going to give them a match of two three four six percent whatever they're going to give you that's free money that is the best money you're going to get is the free money so get that from your 401k first now if your employer does not give a match. If they don't say, you know what, I'm going to give you a bonus of 3% or 4 or 5 that's added to your 401k. You put in three, they put in three, that type. Then I would much rather go into a IRA, an individual retirement account, where you go invest on your own and you're going to find a lot more options in the IRA than in 401ks typically. That's not always the the case, but most of the time that's what you're going to see is that the, the traditional IRA you invest on your own outside of an employer-sponsored plan, it's going to have a lot more options for you to diversify your portfolio.
1: So the biggest advantage to the 401k, of course, is the employer match if you get it. And Mm -hmm. depending upon your age, I would imagine if you're 20s, 30s, 40s, I mean, we don't have a lot of listeners that are that age. I mean, does it make a difference how old you are, you know, picking a 401k versus an IRA?
2: Yeah, it can. And I, I like to think of another benefit, though, on the 401k that I didn't mention just a little bit ago is that you can control contribute way more to a 401k than you can to a traditional IRA. So if you look at people that are under 50, you'd be looking at 7,000 that can go into a traditional IRA. And then if you're over 50, then it'd be 8,000. But if you look on the 401k side of it, those that are under 50 can put up to 23,000 into a 401k. And those that are older than 50 can go up to 30,500. So that is another benefit inside of the 401k that you can utilize. Now, not, not, not Everyone can contribute more than seven or eight thousand dollars to a traditional IRA or to a 401k. So if if your employer isn't matching, well let's let's get that out into a traditional IRA, invest it in a different way than what a 401k plan is gonna have typically. That that's what I would look at as being a bigger benefit to people in the long run is having more options than are in a 401k.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that is the big disadvantage of the 401k is that you don't have as many any options as you would in the IRA. So the 401k actually is pretty simple. If your employer offers it, you simply elect to take that. You see if they've got the match, you've got some money that's withdrawn automatically. Is the IRA that simple? I mean, how would I set up an IRA if I wanted to do that? And can you make automatic contributions?
2: yeah you can make automatic contributions in most cases that's what we have as uh, when we're utilizing an ira for someone if they want to contribute monthly we certainly can do that we have plenty of people that do do that that they put it in monthly some people just do it annually it typically is just a little bit easier for people if they have it taken out of their check at their employer and go into the 401k another thing to keep in mind is what do you need out of this because If you're if you're looking for real planning, most cases you're not gonna have a lot of advice given with the 401k. And there's not really gonna be a strategy as to, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? Like what type of retirement planning are we doing? Typically, people just put the money in there and then they set it and forget it, which is is fine. But I have a I have a friend of mine. He he called me, he said, Hey, I left my job and you know I got I got this money that's in this old 401k, and I don't know what I'm doing with it. I just put it in there because the employer was giving me the match, and that's good. But now he wants to, in his late 40s, he's like, hey, you know what? I want to do some real planning here. Let's get that into Grant's hands and then let him invest this money and then have a strategy towards retirement. That's where your traditional IRA is going to give you some more diversity. However, if you're looking at, let's say I have someone between the ages of 55 and 59 and a half. If I have someone between those ages and they could pull all of their money out of their 401k and transfer it to a traditional IRA, a situation in which you wouldn't want to do that, is if you need to take some income off of that IRA between 55 and 59 and a half, you'd want to keep an appropriate amount of money inside of that 401k because the 401k or 403b, you could pull the money out between 55 and 59 and a half, and you don't have to pay that 10% IRS penalty. If you transferred from the 401k to a traditional IRA at 55, and then you need to take money out at 56 out of the traditional IRA, you're going to have the 10% IRS penalty, plus mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay taxes on it in the same way you would have had to pay taxes on it at the 401k. So be mindful of what your strategy is and what your real needs are in those, uh, in those age ranges.
1: We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. We're talking about the differences between the 401k and the IRA and which is right for you. Grant, when I was younger, I was working for an employer that had a 401k and uh, they asked me to make some choices. There were things like the global, you know, high yield Mm -hmm. fund and there were all these other funds. I had no idea. I picked them the way I pick racehorses, not knowing anything about them, (laughs) just whichever one had the best sounding name. So if people are listening to us today and they still have a 401k at work and they're not sure whether or not... They've made the right choices. How do you help people make the right choices, and can you do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We do that in a couple of different ways. One, we have people come in and they say, hey, can you just help me put these in? And then I'm going to do the set it and forget it thing. I don't need ongoing management. I, I can have that rebalanced at, the, at my employer and, and, and I'm just going to set it and forget it. We'll help them with it in that way. Let's say if they have an IRA that's here or a Roth IRA or any other investments that are here, if it's a current client, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that it fits in with what our overall goal is in terms of, okay, if I'm if I'm reverse engineering an income plan for retirement for someone that's 50 years old, if I'm looking at, okay, they're making 100,000 now, that's gonna be X amount that they're gonna need 15 years from now when, when they retire, I know I need to build up to this amount of nest egg so I can create the income. Well, if I'm investing in a certain way for them outside of their 401k, I'm gonna make sure that their 401k is in line with what our goals are and that, and that I'm not gonna have investments that are kind of contradicting each other, okay? On the other side, if someone has a 401k or a 403b or any other employer-sponsored plan that they say, you know what, I would love for you to just manage it. Can you do that? I don't ever want to see anything from my 401k. Can you do it all? We actually have a system that we have access to their 401k that we can attach it to what's called Mm Pontera and then If it gets out of balance, or if there's things that are going on inside of their 401k, Pontera will alert me so that we can go in and make the appropriate changes that we set up in the system. So it's ongoing management, active management for them. Either way is fine with me. We can either just help them and then set it, forget it, or we can do the active management inside of their employer sponsored plan.
1: Grant, if our listeners have a 401k and they want to roll it over into an IRA, how difficult is it to do that? And again, is that something that you can help people with?
2: Yeah, we can help people with that. Sometimes while they're still working at that employer, the magic number is going to be 59 and a half. Once you hit 59 and a half, almost everyone that I've ever ran across can roll over their 401k or their 403b into a traditional IRA at that age, if they're still working at that employer. If they have left that employer, and let's say they have one or two or three, I guarantee you there's someone that's listening out there that has three 401ks Mm -hmm. that I call stray 401ks. They're kind of like that stray dog that's just kind of wandering around, not really knowing what it's doing. That we want to get under one roof, I would say. Whether it's with me or anyone, I would say pull those three 401ks. If you don't need the money out in between 55 and 59 and a half, I would say transfer that into a traditional IRA. When you call the 401k company, all we do is we just tell them, hey, we opened up a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA at Charles Schwab, and the employer or that 401k will actually Actually send a check typically to the participant, to the individual, and it'll be made out to Charles Schwab for the benefit of that particular participant. Really simple. We have people then, they'll either come in here and we'll send the check in to Charles Schwab, or they can send it to them on their own as well. Either way is totally fine.
1: Well, Grant, based on our conversation, I'm willing to bet that a lot of people may have some questions for you about the 401k versus the IRA and which is right for them. So if you want answers about 401ks and IRAs, I want you to request your no cost, no obligation, no judgment, door out retirement services review by calling 402-281-0750. You can do it today if you want, 402-281-0750. This is not going to cost you a dime. Totally complimentary. It is a chance for you to sit down with Grant on a one-on-one basis and simply ask your questions. Don't worry about somebody hounding you for you know weeks and months after this. Totally complimentary. Again, that number, 402-281-0750. You can also request your complimentary consultation online. You can do it at com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more strategies to support the quality of life you want for 30-plus years? Stick around. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout in just a moment. You can't start a trip you've never taken without a plan, and you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Dorhout Retirement Roadmap, call 402-281-0750 or request it online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. Now back to more of retirement blueprint with Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shade.
1: If you're just joining us, we've had a very robust conversation this morning with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services about the differences between the 401k and the IRA. If you've missed that part of the program, remember we're a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast. You can hear this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful retirement. Once again, if you've got questions for us, comments about the show, our telephone number 402 281 750 281 750 we would love to hear from you. Grant, we have talked in the past in this radio program about what happens if you run out of money. So I want to really dig deep into this particular topic and talk about what really happens if you do run out of money in retirement. First of all, are we actually right to feel fear that this could happen? I mean, could it happen in today's world that you could run out of money in retirement?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it happens all the time, unfortunately. And and yes, are you right to feel fear? Well, yes, absolutely we are right to feel fear. I actually read this statistic years ago. I've done a lot of public speaking over the last 20 years and dying was the number two concern and number one was public speaking. Wow. And I would have to think that really close after that would be running out of money in retirement. Getting old is, is what it is. I mean, we're all gonna get sure. older, however, getting older and not having the means to actually live a life that we had dreamed about is a very real fear and and I've seen it for years where where people take good advice and then they have a successful retirement they have a plan they stick to that plan and they don't deviate from it and then I've also seen it in one case from years and years ago I had this client we set up her retirement plan she was retiring from the school and we set up her emergency fund and I told her I would be back in a year for her annual review and I came up to her home on a gravel road and and she had her uh, her driveway was now paved it was a uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, coming off the gravel road I went onto her blacktop driveway and I saw this vehicle that wasn't there the previous year and and I started talking with her on her annual review and I found out that she had blown through her entire emergency fund in the wow. past year wow. on things like an asphalt driveway on a gravel road that didn't really need to happen. And deviating from the plan is where she really went south on it. And if you want to look at some statistics, having fear over this is very real and it is important because you can plan for it and you can have a successful retirement and retire with confidence. But 83% of people that are in the lowest quarter of income, 83% of baby boomers are actually going to run out of money in retirement. That's a statistic that is out there. That's from the Employee Benefit Research Institute. If you look in the second quartile, like if I say the bottom 25% of income earners that are baby boomers, 83% of them are going to run out of money. The next 25%, 47% are going to run out. And then the next 25%, 28% of baby boomers in the second highest quartile will run out of money and then 13 percent of the highest wage earners wow the top 25 percent 13 percent are going to run out of money now why is that what do you think i i think that's just because of the lack of planning and education that we actually have out there that's part of the reason that we do this show
1: and I think some other reasons uh, that contributed to that, longer lives, less proactive saving, higher costs, stagnant wages, mm-hmm. fewer people with pension plans, just some of the key reasons that more of us are at risk of outliving our assets. And as you said, you had a client who exactly did that. Her downfall was spending money on things that she didn't need, such as you mm-hmm. said, that asphalt driveway, the brand new vehicle in the driveway. I think, you know, when you have a very kind of almost fixed income, those are things that you shouldn't be spending your money on. So let's talk about. Some uh, real life facts. What exactly happens if you do run out of money in retirement? I'm going to give the good news first. You're not exactly penniless, are you?
2: Yeah, Jeff, you're not going to be penniless. You're not going to be destitute. You're not going to have zero money. You, you're probably going to have Social Security or some sort of a, a railroad retirement if you were a railroad worker. You know, those types of things will be there. However, you have to take into consideration, can I actually live on this? Recently, I, I looked it up that the average Social Security check is about $1,800. Bucks. If you look further and say, well, what if someone's 62? Well, you're going to have about a 30% reduction on that because that $1,800 is at 66 years old. right? So you're going to have drastically less than that. Can you live on that? If you have $1,800 per month and you've run out of money, can you live on that for the rest of your life? That'd be very, very difficult to maintain any type of lifestyle, really, if, if you look at doing anything other than sitting at home and watching grass grow and just paying the utility bill and for groceries, how much more can we do on $1,800 when we, we've talked about it recently on this show about the inflation, that inflation isn't going to go away. It's not going to go away just because you're in retirement, you can be diligent and you can try and mind every expense. However, $1,800 is going to be very, very difficult to live on. And there might be someone listening saying, well, I get 3,000 and, and my wife, you know, she, she gets 1,500, but so that's 4,500. That's 54,000 per year. We're living pretty comfortably. Well, then think further. What happens if one of you passes away right. early on in retirement? Now you only have $3,000 per month. Is that enough to live on? So I think we need to really examine the, you know, the, the planning that we're doing to make sure that we don't run out of money in retirement and we don't have to have this, this unfortunate conversation with people.
1: And even if you don't have a mortgage, remember you've got property taxes to pay. If your car's paid for, I mean, they don't last forever. The car could blow up or need a major repair. Maybe you need a new one, and uh, you know, eighteen hundred to three thousand dollars a month just isn't going to cut it. And as you said, if you take Social Security at sixty-two, it is reduced. But think about this: health insurance. You don't get Medicare until you're age 65. And last time I looked, health insurance, I mean, I paid for it for my wife before she was 65, and it was over $1,000 a month, and it wasn't even that good of an insurance plan.
2: Yeah, it gets drastically more expensive the older you get. Even, you know, I, I switched to a different type of a, a program several years ago, and before I, before I changed over our coverage with my, my wife and my kids, our premiums were going up to $1,500 a month. And like you yeah. said, it wasn't very good coverage even. And now we have a much better coverage. But at the same point, you, you look at what it's going to be in retirement. It, even if I have someone that says, well, I'm going to be on Medicare and a supplement. So I'm going to retire at 65. I had this conversation with a gentleman just yesterday where we were talking about him and his wife being different ages. They were. Uh, they were about seven years apart. He's about 62 and she's 55. Well, we're looking at when, when he turned 65, he was a former federal employee. Well, he's paying $400 per month for his Blue Cross Blue Shield that he has through that particular plan. And he wants to keep that until his wife is at least age 65 and maybe beyond. But if you look in retirement, you look at how much you have to pay for Medicare Part B and then you look at the Medicare supplement. Or if you say, you know what, I'm going to take an advantage program with low or no premium, they and you have a little bit higher out of pocket. So, I mean, if you'd look at a husband and wife couple, you could be somewhere in the four or $500 per month range in terms of if they have an Advantage program or if they have a Medicare supplement as well, and then, then a prescription drug plan. So, you know, you start talking about husband and wife that might be getting you know, three, four, five thousand dollars per month on social security, you know, your your health care alone is gonna be minimum four to five hundred dollars per month of that right off the bat. And then, you know, you could qualify for the homestead exemption and you could get some benefits in terms of how much taxes you pay on your property if you own your home. However, those things we still are gonna have a lot of inflation that we have to fend off. And if you're having social security increasing, what I always do is I have social security increasing at about one and a half percent annually. I think we're comfortable in in figuring for that. And then you gotta figure for your your expenses to go up by around two and a half. Well, that's a big discrepancy. And it might not sound like much right now, but that's a big snowball rolling down a hill when you start compounding it on top of each other year after year after year becomes much more problematic.
1: What are the realities of running out of money in retirement? We're talking about that with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services. Certainly I would think that Medicaid is in your future and Housing certainly could be questionable. Okay, so that's the problem, Grant. Let's talk about the solution. What are some of the ways that you can help people not run out of money in retirement?
2: Well, I think a lot of people just don't do what it takes. I mean, we, we don't do what we need for our physical health a lot either that's why you see such a boom in january 2 memberships at gyms and then you get to the first of march and then it's a ghost town again yeah because we we, we don't want to do the maybe the difficult work or maybe the uncomfortable work and the reality of, hey, this is where you're at. And I don't like having those difficult conversations saying, hey, I know you wanna retire in one year. I understand that. However, I don't ever wanna see this happen where we run out of money in retirement. So Transamerica, I believe, actually did a a study and they found out that only about 18% of people out there were taking proactive steps to address the issues around planning a secure retirement. That's not very much, and there might be a lot of people that are listening to this now that haven't done that yet. If you're 50 years old, if you're 55 years old, if you're 60 years old and you haven't taken any steps to figure out exactly when you can retire with confidence, you have to act now. You have to look into these things and make sure you are taking the steps to know that when you go to retire, when you leave your job and start working with a church or a charity or or volunteering in another way or taking care of grandkids, You have got to make sure when you leave that job, you leave that job for good and you don't have to go back and start working out of necessity. Maybe you wanna work like my dad has for the last 17 years as he wants to in a community that he wants to continue to be active in. If you wanna do that, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But going back to work out of necessity because we didn't do the maybe difficult planning, Well, there are people out there that will help you. I'm one of them that I'll help people with that do that planning so that we can retire with confidence.
1: And if you want to retire with confidence, again, Grant Dorhout is here to help you. 402-281-0750. So what can you do on your own? Well, I think the first thing is to simply document your current situation in as much detail as possible, what your current expenses are, and then imagine the specifics of your future and plan for those big and your small tweaks and changes that will enable you to achieve the retirement that you want to have without running out of money. Grant, is it often the case, or how often is it the case that people come to you and they say, you know, here's all the money I have. It's all in a 401k. I've got Mm -hmm. one goal, not running out of money. That would be the task that I would put on you. Grant, I don't care about anything else. I just don't want to run out of money. Is that something that you hear once in a while?
2: Yeah, I do. I also hear people say, I want to spend my last dollar on my last day. And, and either one is totally fine. However, I want to make sure that if if someone technically doesn't have a large balance in IRAs when they pass away or later on in life, I want to make sure that they have an income stream coming in that can satisfy those monthly obligations that they're going to have. And maybe those obligations are just paying for my health care and paying for my groceries and my property tax. I just did this, the gentleman yesterday that, that, was, that was the federal employee I was talking about. We just did that yesterday looking at when can his wife retire and his wife would like to retire yesterday. And she's not retired yet. However, she wants to figure out what is the day that she technically can retire. We actually looked at her working up until age 62. She's 55 now, so seven more years of work, and then and then her calling it quits. And then what we did is we we started inside of the plan. We started throwing curveballs at the plan. And what I mean by that is the earlier she retired, they were going to have to make up for that approximately fifty thousand dollars per year year because she's not going to be able to have Social Security until at least age 62. So what we did is we started saying, okay, well, what if she retires one or two or three or four, or she retires now, what happens to the overall portfolio. And it changed all of the numbers. And then I, I threw a further curveball. Hey, current interest rates are this. What if they, you know, five years from now are back to one and a half or 2% and our payout rates, our payout factors are drastically less. What if it's 2%? How far can we make it? And we weren't even factoring in the fact that she was going to have a inheritance. And the reason we weren't figuring that in is strictly because her mom is in a nursing home. We don't know how much of that nest egg is actually going to be there so we're not even figuring on it. All curveballs that we're throwing at the plan, and then we ran them all the way out to age 100, and then you can see, she can retire now if she wants to. She can retire in a year or two years. She has the freedom to do that. What kind of confidence that gives them is, is so huge. When they leave, they can say, I, I, I know what direction we're going. I've had, I, the blindfold is off, now I can play darts with confidence as well. You know, that kind of thing that's what you can do is, is is do that difficult planning. If you're 50, 55, 60, and you haven't done any, I highly encourage you to get on it and, and get that work done.
1: Grant, I want to talk directly to our listeners right now. If you're hearing this program and you're worried about running out of money, you're worried that you'll no longer be able to be in your own home or you'll have to live with your children or you're going to be on Medicaid, something like that. There is something that you can do about that. Here it is. Call 402-281-0750 this weekend. Leave your information. Lisa will give you a call back on Monday. Set you up an appointment with Grant there at Dorhout Retirement Services to talk about how you can avoid running out of money. It's quite simple. It doesn't cost you a dime. Again, that number 402-281-0750. Why wouldn't you want to have that? this conversation. Grant will gather some basic information from you and then begin to answer your questions about a successful retirement that will enable you to continue to live in your own home. Now remember, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could uncover some blind spots that when addressed may help improve the quality of your life in a retirement that could last another 25 years. Once again, that number, 402 You can also request your complimentary consultation online at com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30 plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout after this. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? good because it's time for more Retirement Blueprint with your financial Sherpas, Grant Doran and Jeff Shea. We so
1: appreciate you joining us here for The Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout every week here on News Talk 1290 Coil. Grant, this last conversation that we had was really kind of scary for me. You were talking <laughs> about uh, running out of money in retirement, what the realities of that are, and you talked about making some calculations to find out when you can retire. I did that a long time <laughs> ago before I really came to my senses, and the calculations showed that I could retire comfortably, or not even comfortably, but I could retire at age... 103. So <laughs> I had to make some ch- I had to make some changes there. But as you said, I finally came to my senses That is a scary thought to retire in your, you know, 103 years.
2: Yeah. The point of all that isn't for people to get scared. It's to open our eyes. I I think back to, you know, the the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show when you have, uh, you know, the Roadrunner and the Coyote and they're always messing with each other, right? Right. I I remember this one episode uh, where the Roadrunner, he pushes the house that the Coyote is in onto the train tracks and uh, (laughs) the Coyote kind of hears something, right? And he opens up the blinds. He sees the train. Coming down the tracks, but he just closes the blinds and doesn't do anything about it. Well, what do you think happened to the house? It got blown up, right? And, and the, the point is. I want to open up the blind, but then I want to get the house off the tracks. And, and so, so it's not to be scared, it's the fact that let's have a real conversation about this and let's do something about it, let's act, and let's make sure that we aren't leaving things that are out of our control, in control of our retirement. And, and this is something you can control. You can, you can go through this situation, figure out where you're at, figure out where you want to go, and then put a plan together to get there.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like the ostrich who looks around and sees the predator right there and decides to stick its head down into the sand like it's going to go away. (laughs) It's not going to go away. If you don't do something about it, you can have some very dire consequences. So once again, if you're worried about running out of money in retirement, you'd like to talk to uh, Grant about a retirement plan that could last as long as you do. Once again, that number 402 281 just a complimentary consultation with Grant, not going to cost you a dime, entirely complimentary. There is no obligation whatsoever. It's a friendly conversation to put you on a good path towards a successful retirement. Again, that number 402 You can call this weekend if you want. Leave your information. Lisa will give you a call back on Monday and set up that consultation for you. And don't worry, you don't have to wait until March or April to get in and see grant. We do have some appointments that are available here in the very, very near future, probably at least a week or so, if not sooner. And also, don't worry that if you call that number and come in that some other advisor is going to talk to you. Nope, that's not the way it works here. The fellow that you hear on the radio right now, Grant, is the person that you're going to be speaking with. So, again, 402-281-0750. You can also request your retirement blueprint online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. Okay, Grant, let's talk about some things that could interrupt the U.S. stock market rally in 2024. First of all, there's this thing called the January effect. Can you tell me what the Mm -hmm. January effect is?
2: Yeah, so the January effect is, is pretty simple. It's typically just looking like we're going to have a, a increased likelihood that we're going to have profits in January. And and so then then you look further as January goes, so goes the rest of the year. I don't know that I see that this year, though, because when you look at the S&P 500, look at what happened last year. 2023 was a pretty good year. We, we had a, a growth of about 24% last year in the S&P 500. So what we could have that could upset this a little bit in January is it's going to be natural to see some profit taking it it, once you see a 24% increase. So you might see some of those at-risk assets decrease in January. I do not believe that that's going to be for the entire year. I don't think that the January effect holds as as strong as it maybe does in some years in this year, because I think we could see some decreases in certain markets here, uh, here in January.
1: So our topic is things that could interrupt the U.S. stock market rally in early 2024. Are U.S. stocks already overbought, and is that one of the things that could interrupt this rally?
2: I don't believe so. I think we're I think we're in a really healthy position. Actually, if you look at the research that the Carson Group put together for us, they went through very deep, just like they did for 2023, and looked at what is the likelihood here. And they they put the fear and they put the emotions aside, and they they analyze the statistics, the and the the logical things that are going to actually move the market. And we're looking at a, a bullish outlook for the year 2020. That being said, like I said, I think we could see some bumps here in January, but overall for the year, I'm not worried about a big crash or anything like that. I know I I had someone, I talked to one of my clients yesterday. He said, yeah, I've been listening to people online and the one guy says that it's going to be a good year. And the next guy says, watch out, this is going to be a terrible presidential year. We're going to see a, a big downturn in the market. I don't agree with that based on the research that we've done. I'm not talking about from a fear standpoint of, are we going to repeat 2020? Well, I don't believe so because I don't believe we're going to be in the middle of a pandemic like we were in the year 2020 that, that upset a lot of things during that year. I don't think we're going to have those types of headwinds that 2020 had. That being said... When we look at 2020 as a whole, it wasn't a bad stock market year. We had a beginning of the year that was a complete disaster for the stock market based on a pandemic. That wasn't from, based on any fundamentals in the market. It was all because of a, a health care crisis that was very real back then.
1: And it is not uncommon to hear diametrically opposed opinions on these things. It's, it's very common. And the takeaway is that nobody really knows. I think back to 2008, some of the forecasts for 2008, or right there at the turn of the year, was that it's going to be a great year. You know, nobody really knew. Nobody really could expect that what happened was what was going to happen. So that's the takeaway. I mean, take what you hear with a grain of salt. Now, I understand that the uh, sentiment in the span of two months uh, has swung from extremely bearish to extremely bullish. Mm -hmm. Is that anything to be concerned about?
2: No, I don't believe so because when you when you look at what happened in 2023, I'm going to look forward to 2024 in a similar fashion, not the exact same way. The reason that we were so confident in the US stock market in 2023 was because of the American consumer. The American consumer is extremely strong and that sounds good and bad. Some people on on the that are listening to this say that that sounds bad because we're willing to continue to buy things, but that does fuel our economy it it keeps that engine going the american consumer is very strong and that american consumer is the same 53 percent that says hey yeah we are bullish on the stock market that's the highest number that we've actually seen since april of 2021 that's that's a long time ago that we haven't had this much enthusiasm or this much encouragement for the stock market from that many people
1: We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services about things that could interrupt the U.S. stock market rally in early 2024. Grant, there's this thing called the VIX, Wall Street's favorite fear gauge, and it's uh, giving the all clear right now, but to some people, that is reason enough to worry. So first of all, what is the VIX and should we be worried?
2: Well, no, I don't believe we should be worried about the VIX. The VIX, yeah, you just said it. It's the, basically the fear index. It's it, It's You're typically gonna see it somewhere in the 18 to 30, 35 range. That's where you kind of have a, hey, we're okay. We don't have anything really to worry about. Just for some context, if you look back to November of 2019, the VIX was around 12.34. Right now it is 13.62, okay? That's approximately, it's right around 13.6, somewhere between half and 14, depending on the minute actually, it, it does go up and down. But if you look at where it spiked to, in March of 2020, it was up to 66. That's a huge number, that's a huge jump. It actually went from just under 14 in February of 2020 to 66 in March of 2020. During that time frame, it makes perfect sense though. Why would we have such a fear over the market at that point? Just for context, again, that was when we had those shutdowns that we weren't even coming into the office. We were doing only Zoom calls. We were all at home all of the time. The stock market went down approximately 30% in a, in a span of about 30 days. There was a lot of fear because there was so much unknown at that time. Now I wanna look at what happened to the VIX after that. Once you see March 27, it was actually 65.54. If you look a short one and a half months later, May 29 of, uh, actually two months later, May 29 of 2020, it was down to 27.51. Well, look at what the stock market was doing. Once we hit March 23 and we bottomed out on the stock market, the stock market came back relatively quickly and it, it, it was a huge deal. And the VIX kind of showed, hey, what, what kind of fear do we have to have? And right now, I mean, just recently we were below 12, but now we're in the 13 and a half range. We're kind of in an all clear mode, even though we could see some rocky moments in January in stocks, it is signaling, hey, yeah, we, we don't really have that much to worry about right now.
1: Granted, the recent past we had inflation that was in the the double digits right now as we speak, uh, it's about 3%, maybe slightly over 3%. Do you think that we're going to continue to make that sort of progress with inflation here in January of 2024?
2: yeah jeff i I think that we're going definitely in the right direction. That was signaled by Jerome Powell when he said that we're probably going to have some uh some rate decreases in the year twenty twenty four If you look at the inflation rate we're we're right around three point one three uh, point two percent which is drastically better than we were a year ago with a year ago we were about double that a little over double that so I think we're in a good spot from an inflation standpoint, it's coming down. We still have some work to do. And that's why uh, I think I said it on last week's show that I don't see any rate decreases, at least in this first quarter. We're probably going to be looking more at the middle of the year. I think they're going to want to get that number under three. I think we're going to want to be closer to two and a half before Mm -hmm. they start doing any type of rate cuts.
1: Okay, so we're not looking for that at the first of the year for those people who are looking to refinance or maybe buying a home. You don't have to rush in probably in January to do it because uh, the interest rates will not be as low as they're going to be. Finally, let's talk about geopolitical and political events here as a uh, nemesis to the stock market rally in 2024. And I'm particularly talking about Gaza and Ukraine.
2: Yeah, I was very disheartened this past week when we start seeing all of the, the bombing that's happening, and even what happened with, uh, you know, Russia bombing in Ukraine, and the fact that they were, uh, apparently, they they had gotten the a couple of missiles from North Korea, bringing North Korea into this. I, I'm not, that doesn't make me get any warm fuzzies that we're, we're starting to expand more and more of these worldwide conflicts. It's it, it's definitely a, it's a disheartening thing with the way that things have gone in the last couple of years, and, and how things are happening is so baffling to me. But there's a lot of evil in the world and that, that it does make sense. But at the same point, it's just it's so disheartening to see what's going on from the worldwide standpoint. I think we could see some sell off in certain bonds and stocks. I think that's going to be more of a global concern. here domestically. I feel really good yet, though. I, I really think that we're in a good spot here in America, regardless of all of those worldwide conflicts that are that just won't go away.
1: We're talking about things that could interrupt the U.S. stock market rally in early 2024. And Grant, I get the feeling that you're basically optimistic about 2024, even despite the contentious presidential election cycle that we're having and political and geopolitical events. I mean, we're talking about things that could happen. But if I'm hearing you correctly, I get a sense that you're pretty positive about 2024. But later on in the year, is that right?
2: Yeah, I think it is going to be, I think it's going to be a good year. I really do. I think a lot of these things, you know, you look at Russia, Ukraine, even though we just had some recent news about uh, about North Korea and the, the missiles, like I just said, I think a lot of that stuff has been priced into the market. That's my opinion. I, I, I don't know that for certain. I do believe that that has already happened and I think that we're going to have a good 2024. I think it'll be definitely some Rocky points though. I guarantee you there are going to be some Rocky points every single year. There are going to be points at which you are going to not want to open up your statements if you're heavy in equities. And I think this Mm -hmm. year is going to be no different than that. But I think on December 31 of this year, I think we're going to be opening up our statements, looking at the January 1 to December 31 performance. And I think we're going to be pleased.
1: If our listeners have concerns about how things are going to shape up in 2024, you've got questions about your future. Maybe you don't have a financial plan or maybe you've got a plan from somebody else. You'll want a second opinion on this. Here's what you can do. Give us a call 402-281-0750 and request your Dorhout Retirement Services Peace in retirement review. Again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could make all the difference this year. Once again, no cost, no obligation for this. Why wouldn't you want to get 2024 off to the best start that you can? That telephone number, 402 Request that plan. We will also send you out Grant's book, Modern Retirement Strategies. 402 750 You can also request your plan online and find out more about the firm at Services.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com.
0: Want more straight talk and honest answers about your wealth management and retirement journey? Stay with us. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Doorhout here. We're back with more strategies for a successful retirement. This is the Retirement Blueprint. Once again, here's Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shade.
1: If you're just joining us, this is a Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. I'm Jeff Shade, and we've just finished discussing things that could throw off the market in 2024. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry, we're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll get this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful retirement. Okay, Grant, let's do a little refresher on income generation strategies. That is so very important. We need to generate income. So where do we start with this? What is the first thing that you consider when people come in to you and they've got this pile of money and they say, Grant, here's all the money I've got. It's all the money I've saved my entire life. Create a paycheck for me. How do you you start that gargantuan task?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I was talking about the gentleman I met with yesterday. It was an awesome conversation where we started with, okay, looking at their age, looking at when they're going to take Social Security. That That's where we have to have that begin because that's one of the only sources that most people have that is going to have any cost of living adjustment on it. So we want to build a plan starting with how much is the social security and we'll back our way into when can we take it. So we'll typically start at age 67 because that's the way the majority of people if we have someone that's that's a different age that's a younger age than that will will adjust accordingly, but we'll start at 67 and have that income run out all the way to age 100 and we'll start looking at what are your current expenses? What is your current life look like? And for this gentleman yesterday, it was an awesome conversation where we started at $85,000 in income and that's what we needed. And when we started building it out, well, when we met the first time, his wife said, I wanna do a ton of traveling in the first 10 to 15 years of our retirement. So what we did based on how they were set up, is we looked at, they had a lot of traditional IRAs. They didn't have that much in Roth IRA. We haven't done their tax planning yet but they have a lot in traditional IRA. So figuring in for taxes and the tax increases that we're probably gonna have, we actually built it out to about $120,000 instead of 85. And for them, he said, I wanna build that to 75. And that's when I want our big expenditure for travel to figure on stopping. And then you can actually build it out to age 80 and then keep layering things on from there. But you always start with social security in my opinion.
1: Grant, you were talking about the lady who wanted to do a ton of things. And when I think of retirement, it comes in three stages. We've got our go-go years in the very beginning. You've just retired you're still fit, you're still active and you want to do things. Then we've got our slow-go years where, you know, you may go out for the early bird special or something to eat. You may take an annual vacation, but that's about it. And then your no-go years where the only place you really go is to the doctor. Do you front load income so that people have more money in the go-go years versus the slow-go in the no-go years? Or how do you really parse that money out?
2: Yeah, that totally depends on the person. We don't always do what I did yesterday. What I did yesterday was uh, was a bit more than what we typically are going to do. There was about a $35,000 increase for that first 15-year period in retirement. The majority of people we don't go that far. They, we typically are going to go about $10,000 per year more in those early years, but what I don't do is I actually don't even decrease it later on that drastically. With his, we actually, we'd go from 85 to 120. And then, you know, 15 years into retirement, their 120 would have built up to about 168,000 per year that they would be pulling out. And then we figured on a decrease from 168,000, I believe, down to like 130 or something like that. Because they didn't figure we were going to be traveling as much or doing as many things, hitting those slow go years at that point. In the mid-70s, I do think is reasonable. We won't typically go that far with theirs. We wanted to we wanted to stress out the portfolio as much as possible so that we can plan for contingencies like interest rates going down later on as well. And and we even planned for that, that interest rates would go down to one and a half or two percent and then see if we're still successful all the way to age one hundred do it that way you're going to build a plan that you can have a lot of confidence in
1: our program is called the retirement blueprint we're talking with grant Dorhout here of doorhout retirement services about an income generation strategy that will take you to and through retirement grant where do annuities play a role in this conversation or do they
2: well that depends on how someone wants to create their income the majority of people it makes sense to them that assets are built to do different things if you look at a mutual fund that's going to be a a growth strategy that we're, we're looking to those things for growth if you look towards annuities you have to look at what it was built for. Like, why was it actually created? And at its core, it was to have security, and it was also built for income. That's really at its core what it is. Every annuity out there, you can annuitize it over your lifetime, where it'll create an income stream for the rest of your life. So it can play an important role in having a secure retirement. When you look at building an income of, if I have $50,000 in social security, if I got to get to. $100,000, do I want to keep all of those assets fluctuating in the market? We just talked about it in the last segment where we were talking about, I believe we're going to this year, just like Most years, we're going to see bumps in the road in certain months in the stock market, and we don't want to be pulling income out of those stock based assets when the market is not really in our favor. So an annuity can help you get away from that challenge in retirement where it can create an income in a secure way.
1: Well, annuities sound pretty good to me. And as you said, you know, annuities, certainly one of the benefits of those is going to be security. They are an insurance product, but then there are those people, I know they're out there saying it right now, I hate annuities. I hate annuities and you should too. Is there any really substance behind that statement? Why would some people hate something that's going to give you a monthly income?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of it's what you're fed and what you're told, really. I mean, that that's really at its core. I used to do dinner seminars where I wanted to get the crowd's feedback. I remember one night we were at a restaurant here in Omaha and I I wrote it up on a board. I wrote on this this white piece of paper. I just wrote the word annuity and I, I wanted to poll the crowd. I wanted to see, what do you know about these? What do you think? There's no wrong answer. I just want to know what you know. And at this particular dinner, I had one gentleman, he was in the back right of the room he said they are horrible they're the worst thing ever And I was like, oh, wow, I wonder what happened with him. And then shortly after that, there was a gentleman in the front on my left that he actually said, hey, I don't know what happened with him, but I actually I I have an annuity that has secured my retirement and it gives me an income that I need. I think they're pretty great. And it was kind of interesting to have that in the same room where one guy is saying this is horrible, they're terrible. And then the other guy says it's great. And the answer is very simple simple is how was it used? How were they actually utilizing this asset that was created for income? Because the gentleman that's in the back right in the room, that could be very, very true. It could be horrible in his experience if he was trying to use it in a bad way or in the wrong way. If you're trying to make an annuity be the greatest growth product that you're ever going to see, you're going to be disappointed because it's not a huge growth product. It is for income and security in retirement. And that's very important to note. It depends on what you're using something for. Anything out there could be really, really good for you or really, really bad for you anything, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, ETFs, all of them, they can be good for you or bad for you it just depends on how you're utilizing it. And then When I went through this with people with the annuities, I actually pointed out that there are several different types of annuities, whether it be single premium immediate annuities or fixed annuities or fixed index annuities or variable annuities. Which one are you talking about? Because when I asked the question about annuities and the guy said it's terrible and the other guy said it's great, neither of them said which one they're talking about. They didn't say if they were talking about a variable annuity or a fixed index annuity or a fixed annuity. They didn't fill in that blank, that word annuity, people they they get triggered by that because of maybe a story that they heard and it's not always true or maybe it is true and they just were using it wrong if you're using it for anything other than its intended purpose it could be bad I've used this story before and I'll use it again I have a pickup and I have an Explorer Hmm. I pull the camper with the pickup because that's what it's designed for the Explorer could pull the camper But it might not be for long or it could be for a while but eventually it will break if you try and make any asset do what it was not made for
1: and as you said they're fixed annuities fixed index annuities and uh, they're variable annuities and some people may hate them for a reason what are the downsides of these variable annuities
2: Yeah, we typically don't use variable annuities because they have very high costs inside of them. When you look inside of a variable annuity, if I see someone come in with one of those, if it's uh, any company, I'm not going to throw any company under the bus, but we will call that company and we will find out what the mortality and expense charge is, what the administrative charge is, what the management expense is. Does it have an income rider? Does it have a death benefit rider? If it has a income rider, what's the payout rate and everything like that? And typically what you find is they're, they're not a very efficient vehicle they're not a very efficient investment because of the expenses inside of them it, it, it just becomes very prohibitive and the payout rates don't support me ever wanting to utilize them because the payouts are so much less than we can get in other types of annuities if we're going to utilize an annuity.
1: And it is unfortunate that annuities sometimes can be painted with such a broad brush, being that there are different types of annuities. Now, I've heard other advisors. I have a friend who's also a financial advisor, and he says there are hundreds of different types of annuities out there, but there are about three or maybe even two that we actually use. So, Is that true that all annuities are really not created equal?
2: Oh, definitely not created equal. Is a Jaguar and a Ford created the exact same way? Uh, no, they, no, they have similarities. <laughs> they have the, similarities, but they're very different. Yeah, the Jaguar leaks, different.
1: leaks oil right from the factory. Let's put it that way. I've got one.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, they it, it, it's very, very different. Although they might have the same word annuity in them, a variable annuity, a fixed index annuity, a fixed annuity, they are all very, very different. Even a fixed annuity and a fixed index annuity is very, very different. Different. Even though they both have the same two words, fixed and annuity, the fact that you put the index in the middle of the fixed indexed annuity, that makes it drastically different in what its capabilities are. And yes, I, I would agree. We typically, we're only going to, at this point, we're only utilizing the majority of the time if we use an annuity, it's going to be a fixed annuity or a fixed index annuity for very specific reasons. If I'm looking at a fixed annuity, I have someone that says, like one of my clients since he he started coming to me so probably seven years ago now, and all he ever said is, I want 4%. Give me 4%. I just want 4%. Can you give me 4%? I want 4% fixed, and I want it to look like a CD. Well, then we're going to be looking at a fixed annuity if we're wanting that type of multi-year guarantee, and, and that that satisfies a purpose for some people. Some people want higher growth than that, and that's okay too. You 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 can go get higher growth in possibly a fixed index annuity because it's index linked to the market. It follows the S&P 500. And if the S&P 500, if we have a cap rate of 10%, let's say, if the market goes up more than the cap, well, I'm capped at 10%. If the market goes up 12%, I still get 10. But on the flip side, if the market goes down 10, I don't lose anything, I get zero at that point. And then if I wanna create an income, there are income riders in fixed index annuities that you could use as well. And the, the reason I'd look to that versus a variable annuity is in my experience, every single one that I've ever compared, the payout rate on the index annuity is higher than the variable annuity. So in order to create a specific income, I put less money into the fixed index annuity than I would have to into a variable annuity.
1: We're talking about creating income strategies with Grant Doorhout of Doorhout Retirement Services. And Grant, I can't go any further here without making a retraction or actually apologizing to the Jaguar dealers of Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't all leak oil from the factory. I had an 87 yeah. <laughs> that leaked oil, the 87 12-cylinder but I have a 95 uh, XJS convertible right now. It's a six-cylinder, doesn't leak a drop of oil. So, hey, uh, apologies (laughs) to the Jaguar dealers. Uh, Certainly, they have gotten a lot better over the years. If you have questions about generating income in retirement and you want to make sure that your retirement lasts as long as you do, at least the money lasts as long as you do, we invite you to give Grant a call for his no-cost, no-obligation retirement blueprint. You can do that by calling 402 750 It's 402 750 no cost. There's no obligation for this absolutely complimentary consultation, a chance for you to sit down one-on-one with Grant and ask your questions and get the answers that you need to help you create a successful retirement. Again, four oh two two eight one oh seven fifty. You can also request it online at Dorhout dot com. That's D O R H O U T Retirement dot com. Grant, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank our fine listeners here on News Talk 1290 Coil for joining us. For Grant, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with a retirement blueprint right here on News Talk 1290 Coil. The opinions voiced in the retirement blueprint with Grant Dorhout are for general information.
2: And are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Examples provided are hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing in an alternative investment may only be suitable for persons who are able to assume the risk of losing a portion or all of their entire investment. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any Investment and does not consider the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Jeff Shade and show guests are not affiliated with CWM LLC.